there. This is the old 77. It's a safe place in an unsafe world. Warning, foul language may occur due to the subject matter. Welcome to the old 77. We're a safe place in an unsafe world. Today, we're going to do a follow-up show to our last week's show, episode four, which was... The Alien Takeover. The Alien dun, 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 dun. <laughs> Before we do that, we're going to give a shout out to another podcast. I want to say hey to JT from The Fortunate Son and The Paranormal Son. Give him uh, all the love you can. This dude's uh, a friend of mine who I went to school with in Nokomis, Illinois. He's in New Zealand. He's half a world away now. And the dude's really helped us out on the podcast. We've been helping him out. So I want to say uh, hey to JT. Also check him out, The Fortunate Son and The Paranormal Son, which will really tie into what we're talking today because he talks about UFOs, Bigfoot, all that stuff. So give them give them both, both those podcasts. Give them a check. Uh, you can find them anywhere good content thank podcasts you. are found. Thank you, JT. Yes, thank you, bro. You are the man. <laughs> today marks the first milestone for us. We have a very special guest in studio today. Our first guest ever. Ever. And our newborn <laughs> podcast. <laughs> what, our fifth episode? Please welcome Dave to the show. Hi, thanks for having me. Dave, yeah, man, it's great to have you. I'm super excited. You guys know that this this is a topic that I live in, so I know, man. I'm super excited to talk to you guys about the last show that we got to get Dave on the next. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm glad I'm here, man. Absolutely. So on the last show, we were talking about uh, abductions, uh, UFOs. Do you have any kind of personal connection to a UFO, Dave? Do you have a story that you'd like to share? You know, I wish I had something more exciting, um, but I did have a sighting. Um, it was in August of 2016, and the reason why I remember it was because it was the peak of the Perseid meteor shower. Cool. So I was Very sitting cool, yeah. out in my garden, just staring up at the stars. The Perseids is, is usually the most active meteor shower every year, so I always try to go out and catch it as long as the weather is, is nice. Can I stop you real quick? Is yes. this at your new house out yeah. there in yeah. East so, Bumble? So yeah, this, Dave, Dave's living way out in the country. Out here. in the boondocks. Yeah. yeah, so I moved out to my place in 2016, or... Uh, yeah, it was like February, March of 2016, and this happened in August. Oh wow! Of that year. Wow. So, so yeah, man, I was sitting out there watching meteors, and just that by itself was an awesome experience because I counted like I don't know, maybe 250 of them wow. that I saw yeah. all over the course of three or four hours. Um, but then I did have I had a weird thing happen, which which was this this white light appeared in the sky. It just kind of like appeared out of nowhere. And then it started slowly moving and changing course, like as if it was intelligently controlled. You know, like it definitely wasn't something that you could have confused for a meteor. I saw 300 meteors that night, and this definitely and that wasn't, wasn't a meteor. Night. Was it kind of like that video the the um, the Air Force fighters saw? Like it would just change direction and like. No, it wasn't quite a like that. One eighty, like in an instant, instead of like making a full like left turn. This thing was was moving at a slow speed. The 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 UFO in those those Pentagon videos, yes. those things yes. were flying and they were doing ninety degree turns Insane, on the dime. Dude. Stuff, oh. stuff that should not be you know Correct. possible. Something from like another world. Yes, yes, and this this. This thing hovered around in the sky for maybe 10 or 15 seconds, and then it slowly got dimmer and dimmer, and then it disappeared. And then, at about 4 in the morning, 
because I was out there all night. At about 4 in the morning, maybe 4.30, I walked back onto my back porch, and um, just as I'm about to go inside, I say to myself, okay, let me go out there and just catch a couple more meteors, you know? And uh, so then it happened again, and it was the same basic scenario. It was this white light or, like, white orb appeared to just materialize out of nowhere, slowly move in one direction and then change course, go in another completely different direction. And then eventually it, the light faded out and disappeared. Hmm. So like, how far was this away from you? Like right in front of you, mm-hmm. you can reach out and touch it. Oh no, no, no. Far. It was definitely far. It was definitely far. It was up yeah. there in the it was, it was, it was up there. It was up. I mean, you know, it's so hard to Especially when you're talking about UFOs, it's yeah, so hard, yeah. like for the human eye to well, to gauge distances. But I mean, it was definitely it was up in the ether. I mean, everybody wants That's to call cool, them UFOs man. and think automatically aliens. But yeah, it, it, it's not necessarily mm-hmm. just aliens. Yes. That could have been that could have been light refracting. That could have been, right. been a satellite. Could have been a, a ton of things. Yeah, yeah. And and, and just full disclosure. I'm not saying I definitely saw an alien right, ship that right, night. Right, right, right. I had a weird experience. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's something that's that I've super weird. Too. Yeah, yeah. So that that's the one and only uh, personal UFO story that I have. But I've got some pretty exciting cases I'll share with you guys. Too. And we were talking about this last week. You know, you'd have to be ignorant to think that we're the only ones in this whole giant galaxy. Right. Absolutely, man. I mean, you have to you have to be really yeah. small-minded to think that. Yeah, that's and, that's arrogance right there, yeah. Yeah, and and this dude, guy this is such an exciting time to be alive because we're on the precipice of so many exciting yeah. events, yeah. you know, where regardless of whether they come down and, and land on the White House lawn, looks like we're pretty close to <laughs> to, to, to hopefully finding other life, yeah. whether it's just being observed by us from Earth. But, you know, they found, what, like thousands of Earth-like oh, planets yeah. now. Um, it's it's just a matter of time. And then and then you add to that this UFO phenomenon that's that's happening that, that we now, we can safely say that this is a real phenomenon in, in some way shape or form this is real because the military is now coming out and confirming it right absolutely that that's the big one right there yep. the military actually said that and i feel like that's just been glossed over yeah it, how is well, how is no one talking about and this? it's because of all this covid stuff dude but it, it came you know, out but it came out like a month ago well, and there was no like everyone was just like oh whatever we have to worry about our own lives. Well, that's yeah, not exactly yeah. true, though, because those videos. Right. I remember actually, seeing them before the yes, COVID. Those I, videos I like leaked. I, yeah, I've yeah. seen them before. They leaked about three years ago. So you guys know uh, the band Blink-182? Yeah, yeah, Tom DeLonge. Tom DeLonge. We talked about Tommy, yeah. Tommy. He's like the front man for all this stuff. He's an interesting character, and I have some some thoughts about him that maybe we'll have time to go into later. But he, he He's was definitely one. interesting. I'll give yeah, you that. dude. Yeah. Um, his, his appearance on the Joe Rogan podcast was disastrous. Asterisk. Oh my God! Joe took him apart. But he was oh yeah. But he was the one that uh, that was able to acquire these videos first. Yeah, yeah. Um, and even then, before all the COVID stuff, yeah. I mean, it was in the news for a couple days. But then after that, it was just like business right. as usual. And it's just like, how how is that? That blows my mind. People sometimes ask me like, Dave, how are you so fascinated by UFOs and aliens and, and paranormal and I just look at him and I'm like how how are you not how you're not yeah absolutely I mean the implications and and uh, for for what it means for our our place in the universe why are we here 
Uh, it's just, it's just mind blowing. Maybe that's it. Maybe it's too much. They can't yeah. process all of exactly. that at once. We but have, it's all kind of connected. Yeah. yeah. Yes and no. I mean, yes, it's connected with that. But if your beliefs are so small and so close to you, and if the the thinnest little thing could fracture your belief, right? What do you think a guy falling from the sky is going to do? Yeah. That's not your God. Yeah. People will hold on oh to their God. belief systems for dear life. People will go crazy yep. when that happens. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 It's it's uh, that that will change. Well, I mean, you won't have a Republican Party right. if we have that. Right. I mean, I'm just saying. Not you might saying. not have a government if we have that. <laughs> not that we have much of a government. Either. Oh, jeez. But there's That's- so much proof now. I mean, there's, yep. as far as like aliens go, UFOs, and with also paranormal stuff, we have all the all these different devices. Um, yes. And everything's captured on video. And there's so much of it online now. Yeah. There's so much of it. I mean, you can just go through, like, you can just do a whole night of watching all this stuff on YouTube. But there's also so much fake, too. Yeah. It's so hard to distinguish the true from the Photoshop. Yes. Or the Illustrator. And that's what I'm constantly trying to do. Right. Um, There are a ton of bad actors out there. Oh, my God. Yeah, yeah. There there are a ton of people out there. Um, There's a guy named Stephen Greer. I don't know if you guys have heard of Stephen Greer. He had a, a... documentary called Unacknowledged that came out on Netflix about a year ago and then and now he's got another a newer documentary um, but this guy was an ER doctor and got into the got into the UFO subject and to make a really long story short you can for a nominal fee go out with Stephen Greer and hunt aliens <laughs> and his his whole I've never done it before. Like going out hunting hunting Bigfoot or Are something. You snipe hunting. Well, so he his whole his, knocking rocks together. <laughs> his whole shtick. Sorry, Dave. No, you're good. This whole his whole shtick is that this is um. Uh, that this is a benevolent presence, that they are our friends. Um, so he he has convinced people that they can go out into the desert and meditate and and attract aliens. But here's the whole thing about Stephen Greer. If you pay him however crazy high amount of money that, that he asked for to go out and do one of these events with him, first thing he's going to make you do is sign an, a, an NDA. Of course. A non-disclosure agreement. Of course. Um, so that right there just smells really fishy yeah. to me. Any Anybody who, we were talking about this before we went on the air, anybody who acts as if they are a middleman between you something fishy and something else, it just, you know, there's a lot of people that love the guy, um, but just the vibe that I get from him is snake oil salesman. Yeah. Yeah. So that's the hardest part about being into this subject because... You know, it's the subject that people giggle yeah. about. Uh, it automatically sure. incites laughter. Jokes about you know anal, oh, anal probing and all of that <laughs> stuff. You know, and, and I get it. I get it. Uh, um, it. It's a weird topic, but but um, there are, there are researchers out there who are reputable. Yeah. That have degrees that yeah. have worked at universities. Or some guys who had degrees and had like work history, and it was erased by the government, like Bob Lazar. Yeah, Bob Lazar. Right. What do you think about that guy? Because I was watching something the other night, mm-hmm. and it was another podcast. It was it was on YouTube. I forget the name of the podcast. Doesn't but matter. But they were disqualifying his opinion, Bob Lazar's. Yeah. And I told Scott last week, what does he have to gain by coming out and saying this happened? Right. Because got a lot to he, lose. That's you have true. a lot to lose. He lost everything already. Yeah. And now, now he's he's putting himself out there to lose 
everything. Yeah, again, because he disappeared for many, many years after he originally came out. And then just recently, a year year or two ago, there was the documentary. But to answer your question uh, on how I feel about Bob Lazar, um, so far, it looks like all of his credentials have checked out. He's worked at the places that he has said that he's worked at. Um, You know, so... I'm not saying I'm 100% convinced that, that Bob Lazar is, is, is being truthful, but I have no reason to believe that he's not being truthful. I agree with you 100%. Yeah. You know. I mean, why would you put yourself out there? Um, you know people are going to make fun of you and laugh at you. Right. And, and it's just... Kind of an outcast now yeah. to society. And, and I feel the same way just about people in general that have... Um, alien experiences, people that, that experience this abduction phenomenon. Yeah. Um, yeah. And there's tons of people out there who have come out and said they've been abducted. Yes, and you they know? have nothing to gain right. by and doing so. And a lot so. of those stories are the same thing. The similarity between the story. Yeah. And these people don't know each other. Yeah. Right. So it's like, you know, it'd be different if they were from the same city and they had the same, like, you know, circle of friends or, you know, the seven, what's it, the... Seven people of Kevin Bacon, whatever oh, it is. Six, <laughs> six oh, degrees. Six degrees of whatever it is. Yeah. Um, are you guys familiar? The, no, these people are from different regions of the country. Yeah. You know? Oh, yeah, yeah. That don't know each other. Right. That didn't know anything about. And it's been like, okay, well, I was I was walking along this, this, this dark road, and all of a sudden I was 50 miles from where I was at. Yeah. And it was like nothing. Like yeah. they were yeah. out and then they were back on earth or something. So so let's talk about the typical the typical scenario. Yeah. Is <clears throat> usually it's when people are in bed, but it also happens while people are driving down the road. Yeah. Um yeah. And, and, and this is what happens. Typically they will see a light up in the sky. They might see the light approaching them. Um and then everything goes black. And then they wake up and it's three hours later. Yeah, that's And they're back in bed or are back in their car. Right, right. Um, And this is consistently reported by everybody that this happens to. And the same thing applies to what they report seeing. We've all seen the little gray aliens with the Mm -hmm. big black. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Translucent skin. Yeah, that's the most common. Yeah. Uh, But there are also beings that look like huge praying mantises. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's weird, man. And then let me see what you got here. Yeah. So Dave's Dave's actually has uh, his laptop out with with a mantis man on it. They literally look just like a huge praying mantis. And it, which sounds bizarre. It sounds it's laughable. Biz- but it totally is bizarre. But, but you know what? People are seeing that, though. Yes. If I if, woke if, up if, from if, like a trance and I saw this thing working on me, we'll see, I would shit it. myself. If, if, if we're going to believe one sect, we have to believe them all. Check, yeah. it, check that out, Scott. So there's I'm, this. Oh, have you seen that already? I'm, I'm familiar with Mantis Man. Mantis Man. There's yeah. this researcher, one of the researchers that I that I trust. Uh, his name is Dr. David Jacobs, and he uh, he was a history professor at Temple University, and he kind of got into the UFO subject as an aside because it was something that was of interest to him. And then when he started interviewing people, that we talked about this guy last week. Go ahead. Go yeah, ahead, when he started interviewing people that were having uh, these experiences, um, the general conclusion that he has come to is that this is a, a silent invasion. Are you guys, have you guys heard of the hybridization program? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. 
But let's hold off on that. Yeah, you're freaking me out now. Yeah, because yeah. first, <laughs> let's take a break. Yeah, you're cool. Okay. We'll take a break on the old 77, and we'll be back right after this. Welcome back to the old 77. With us today is Dave. And Dave, you are our alien guru? expert. Guru? I would, yeah, yeah. Guru works. I like I like guru too. <laughs> I hate the word expert. I just do. I don't know why. Mm-hmm. I'm an amateur expert. There you go. But we were talking um, about... We were talking about hybridization. Yeah, okay. we were getting ready to. And I was saying how freaked out I was. <laughs> well, it is freaky, dude. It's very freaky, dude. And this goes to like, does this relate to humanoids? Yes. Okay. Yes. So, um, <clears throat> I was telling you the other day, my my introduction to aliens was watching Unsolved Mysteries. Oh, Robert oh, Robert oh, Stack oh, back oh. in the day. No. No, he didn't. We, I was sorry. I was like, da na na da na na. Oh my god. Yeah. 1977. Oh, dude, he could. That yeah. dude could make anything oh terrifying. My God, that guy but was I, awesome. I vividly remember watching those episodes with the, with uh, with the alien subject and seeing yeah. like those those black and white composite drawings yes. of the of the gray beings, and it just terrified the shit out of me as a kid. Um, in a good way. Yeah. I mean, it certainly piqued my interest. Right. Yeah. That's for when sure. When I was a kid, and after I watched that show, yeah. I'd go into my bedroom. And shut the curtains. Me too. Because I was afraid something would like look in. <laughs> yeah, I'd like or try to like abduct me or something. I had to cover my windows. Dude, I was afraid, man. Yeah. So so anyway, um, that was that was kind of like my introduction in, into the the alien world. And at that particular time, what people were saying was they were having the typical abduction experience, like we spoke about earlier. Um, but then uh, there were researchers out there that started to use. Regressive hypnosis. Hmm. So they oh, yeah, would put yeah. these guys in, in into a hypnotic state and regress. And they found out that way that they were able to recover a lot of these memories. So one of the most commonly reported things that people would would see when they would go onto these these spaceships is they would see these big like vats full of liquid with f- fetuses in them. Just like hundreds and hundreds. Wicked. And so the other thing, and this is I kind of I think where like a lot of the joking about it comes from. The typical experience, if it was a male, they would extract semen. If it was a female, I know it's crazy. If it was a female, so so these females started reporting that they would get pregnant, they would maybe make it along six, eight, maybe ten weeks, and then all of a sudden. The baby was gone, mm. not mis- just, not miscarried, okay. wow. just gone. And there are thousands and thousands of examples of this happening, and the doctors don't know what's going where on. Where the hell it went? Where, yeah. where the hell the fetus went? Yeah. So, so through regressive hypnosis, they have been able to find out that what apparently is going on is they are taking human sperm and mixing it with alien DNA. Hmm. Then they will implant the fetus into a human female. Get it far enough along. I think eight or ten weeks is about usually when this would happen. And then extract the fetus from the woman. And then what you would be left with is this human-alien hybrid. And here's the really interesting part about this. Back in the 80s, people would report um, being made to meet their hybrid child. 
like on the spaceship. And when this was going on in the 80s, the visual description would be these just like really awfully, awful, sickly looking creatures that just looked more like alien than human. But as the phenomenon, as time has passed, people are reporting when they meet these hybrid creatures, now they are looking more and more like humans. And now it's to the point where it's indistinguishable. You can't tell one one apart from the other. So, like, as they age, or as this, uh, as the, um, as no, not as they age, or the process, as the process has oh. unfolded over time, and that's another one of those things that that leads me to believe that this phenomenon is real in some way, shape, or form. Because the things that people report, not only are they consistent from person to person, but they change over time from person to person. Um, Consistently changing, right? Yeah, they they all are telling the same stories. Yeah. So there's there's this researcher I mentioned earlier, David Jacobs. He was a history professor at Temple, and he's done hundreds and hundreds thousands of these regressive hypnosis with 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 uh, abductees, and he is convinced that this is a malevolent presence. And that basically what is happening here is that these hybrids, and this is what his uh, abductees are reporting in their hypnosis now, these hybrids are literally moving into communities and mingling with us. And they're dating like... Why would they do that, though? Well, we don't know. But but David Jacobs' theory is that this is a silent invasion, that they are taking over the planet... And they, the only difference between these hybrids and an actual human, uh, visually they look exactly the same, but mentally they are supposedly much more intelligent. And here's the kicker. They can control other humans neurologically. One of the things that happens when Bill Gates. Yeah, right. (laughs) One of the things that happens commonly with these abduction experiences is people will report these aliens looking them in the eye. And transmitting information. They will report like these downloads Mm, of information. Um, And so all of the communication is telepathic. Um, So they can control your thoughts. They can get into your brain and know what you're thinking. And so... That's the theory is that this is a silent invasion. I'm not saying that I... Ascribe to that theory. So, I'm just saying that that's one theory. So, what theory do you ascribe to? I, I don't pretend to to be a hundred percent sure on. Mm-hmm. The other big researcher that I that I really respect is Dr. John Mack. Yeah, he was a professor at Harvard, um, a psychology professor. And before he ever got into the ET subject, he was a Pulitzer Prize winning author. So he was highly respected in his field. He came, and and him and David Jacobs were very close friends. Uh, John Mack has since passed. Um, But John Mack came to a very different conclusion than David Jacobs came. He started um, noticing, like, these spiritual transformations that were happening in these abductees. People were reporting that they were more concerned about the environment and treating the planet well, and that they would get this type of communication. And so... The conclusion that he came to, his best educated conclusion that he came to, was that this was kind of like a hidden hand in humanity, altering human events without making itself 
completely known. You know, it's funny because I've, I've heard the same phenomenon mentioned with Nikola Tesla. Because Tesla was really, really intelligent, and he, he used to have this thing, he, he would call it like the mind palace, where he could go into this, into his thoughts, and he could physically think and form and build things, and he would have all his inventions completely built in his head, and he would know every little nook yeah. and cranny and what went wrong and how to fix it, all from thinking. Yeah, and he never had to test it, because he yeah, tested it he all tested in his it head. all in his head, he worked everything That's out. That's insane. Yeah, and, and there's thoughts that Tesla was connected with something along along what you're saying, like a helping hand yes. helped him form this. And Tesla believed that that was the case. He, he, yeah. he strongly believed that yes. he was being influenced. Yeah. I've heard something like this as far as humanoids being placed in the communities around our world. And uh, our bell yeah. from midnight. Oh, yeah. God desert. rest his soul. Yeah, God, yeah, God rest his soul. Not here yeah, but he was like the guy who was in the frontier of all this. Yeah. And broadcasting it to the masses. Yeah. And before it was cool. It, before it was... Oh, do you, you imagine all the ridicule that guy got? Oh, my God. Sure. I mean, anyone who came out with anything alien-related mm-hmm. was automatically thought yeah. a quack. And, and that's why this this subject is so difficult, because... Art, Art would have the quacks on his show, too. Oh, it was crazy. And so the rationale is if you if you believe in any of this stuff, you're yeah. crazy. None right. of this stuff can be true. And I believe that the, the science and the, and the research uh, disagrees with that. This is a real phenomenon in some way, shape, or form. John Mack wasn't even convinced that these people were being physically abducted. Um but then there's but then there's the problem of there's there has been physical evidence left behind. Um, there there's people that have implants. Oh, yeah. fire in the sky. We fire in the sky. About, yeah. yeah, that movie. You remember? Yeah. You yeah, do remember that yeah. movie, right? Yeah. DB yeah. Sweeney. Yeah. And yeah. I believe yeah. Fire in the Sky wasn't that based on Whitley Strieber's yes. book? Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So he was an, yeah. he was an early experiencer back in yeah. the day. Yeah. And he he was in the same boat. Like he went to them. He went to the town. Tried to tell them. Yeah. He'd been a drunk before. You know. He'd done some things that they he had a reputation. For. He had yeah. A little bit of a reputation. Mm-hmm. So they immediately wrote him off. Yep. Yeah, and it was it was like a decade later they found something implanted in his like his shin or his thigh or something. Yeah, we talked about yeah. that last week. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, there's a doctor I can't I can't remember the guy's name, but there's a doctor that has removed I don't know dozens yeah. and dozens I of these s- things I from saw different that people. On Unsolved mysteries. That's yeah. Insane. yeah, I can't I can't remember the guy's Dave, name. Dave, wasn't there another story with your grandpa or something? You were t- saying? Well, so when I was a kid, the other th- reason why not I not to go jump off the subject. No, just I mean, it's the old '77. We never do that. No, so never. Like, <laughs> it's only on our uh, our show's right. description. description. Yeah, that's right, man. We pick a topic, rarely stick with it. Heavily produced. Oh. Now, my grandpa, um, he was um, he was in the military. He worked for the U.S. Geological Survey. He Very was cool. a, he was a conservative most of his life. Um, not 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 the type of person to just make up stories. Um, but he told me that he had he, he told me his UFO story. And I just remember he him talking about seeing a UFO and it was hovering above his house. That's insane. I don't remember even all of the details yeah. of it, but he was into the subject, too. And so what used to happen, my grandparents lived in Rolla, which is about an hour away from here. And and all this happened down there. Yes. Yeah. Um, when I would go down there and visit, my grandpa was an avid reader. He had a ton of books. Mm-hmm. And I would go and I would read through his books. And and he had books about this topic, um, which you don't see very many, you know, grown men in their 70s 
back right. in the yes. 1990s being interested talk, in a and topic talk about like this that. openly. Re- yeah, reading yeah. a book about UFOs. Yeah, and I think it was because he had that experience that he couldn't, you know, explain rationally. That and <clears throat> so let's talk about my sleep paralysis experience. Okay. You want to talk yeah, about yeah. Let's quick? actually let's take a break. Let's take another break before we'll we get to We'll take a break that. and yeah. we'll come back with that story next. Stay tuned. Aliens, bitches. <laughs> Welcome back to the old 77. We're a safe place in an unsafe world. Speaking of unsafe, Dave has a very unsafe story for us. It freaks me out. Yeah. I've had this. I'm not sure I'm going to be able to sleep tonight I- after this shit. <laughs> well, I mean, you might. <laughs> so when I was, um, I had just started working with you guys. So this was maybe 20... Um, 15 when this happened. Oh, I was brand new then. This was when I um, still still lived here in town. Um, and this was also when my health was in really bad shape. Mm-hmm. I remember that, man. Oh, yeah. I came in right on the tail of that. Yeah. I remember that. Yeah. So, so one night, um, it's a normal night. Wife goes to bed before me. Uh, then I, and then I go in there an hour or two later and then I get in bed. And as I was starting to fall asleep, I was jolted awake. My eyes opened wide up, and I sensed this presence. And it had a distinct evil uh, vibe to it. Like you got this, what kind of evil vibe? So, like there was just, something like watching like, you? Yeah, or? like there was somebody in my house. Crazy. Like something to do you harm? Yes. Yeah. And so our bedroom door was cracked just a little bit, maybe six inches. And I was paralyzed because this is what happens with sleep paralysis Uh, is you cannot physically move. You can move your eyes, but you can't move your body. And it's, oh my God, it's, it's the most terrifying thing. When when I've had it, it's like, I can, I can move my eyes, but I can't move. I can see, but I can't Mm. move my eyes. No, I can't even do that. Yeah. Yeah. Like I can see everything, but I, I can't move. So, so our door was cracked open and I could move my eyes and I somehow sensed this presence. I looked in the direction of the door and I see, I begin to see this, what looks like a, a blacker than black shadow. A shadow like an person outline, thing? An outline of a human being, but it's completely black, mm-hmm. like a blacker than black. Sure. Um, so this, this being walked into my bedroom whole time I can't move like very slowly or slowly slowly I can't move I can't scream I can't do anything and he was was it looking at you the whole time it it entered the room yeah like it had its eyes on me um both physically and and mentally so it it walks up to the edge of my bed it goes to the foot of my bed by my feet I could physically feel the being touch like my leg my my ankle you could feel that I had get out of here I had the physical sensation So then the being walks along the side of my bed so that he's standing right above where my head is. And And you were looking right at him. I was looking straight up. I was looking straight up and he was over here. Okay. Oh, weird. And so then he slowly started lowering his head to where his eyes were right next to mine. That's frightening. Now, here's where this all ties into the UFO experience. As this was happening... Not only could I experience it from my own point of view, but I could I could 
I could witness, I could see it from a third person point of view as if I was floating above my yeah, room. Sure. And yeah. I could also view it from the being's point of view. Oh, wow. So, Wicked. So, fast forward. I, I didn't tell anybody about this for about a year. I, I really didn't even consciously think about it myself, and I think it was just because it was so terrifying. Did you first think it was a dream or... I didn't even allow myself to process it until about a year later. Okay. And here's how that happened. Wow. Now that's different than my experience. My experience, I was right the next day. Like thinking I woke it. up, I was thinking about it yeah. just nonstop. I had the exact same thing, but I didn't have the being. Okay. So yeah. when, when I was, it was like I couldn't get up. I couldn't walk. I just wanted to scream and shout, mm. help me. But Sounds like you had everything I had minus the being. I didn't have that yeah. at all. Wow. So, so a year later, I'm clicking around on Netflix one night, and I see this movie called The Nightmare. And so I click on it, and I watch it as documentary. And they interview, I don't know, maybe six or seven people that have this experience of sleep paralysis. And it was only until I watched this movie that I realized, holy shit, I'm not crazy. Yeah, something happened this to you. This actually happens to people. Yeah. It's been happening to people for at least hundreds of years, probably thousands of years. Different cultures have different names for these shadow beings. And here's here's the crazy thing. The, the beings that people re report are so specific. So not only do people witness these black shadow beings, but there's another character that shows up and they refer to him as the hat man. I heard about this guy. He's literally this, looks just like a, a regular shadow being, but he wears a fedora hat. Yeah. So you explain to me how if this is just some hallucination, how some guy in Portugal that's yeah. never heard about it, and then me here in, in the middle of Jefferson City, how are we having the exact same experience and it ran seeing the exact same beings? I heard stories about this, this being from like other like podcasts, whatever, like scared to death. Like, there's certain people that have the same experience as you, Dave. And um, what happens is, I think it's a vulnerability. Like, you're stuck in this state. And if it's in your mind, it just happens to you. And, and this being, like, just comes to you and tries to frighten the shit out of you. Yeah, and it works. Yeah. Like, I'm getting chills right now just talking about yeah. it. And here's the other interesting thing about the sleep paralysis phenomenon. Um, apparently... If, if this is something that happens to you fairly often, you can train yourself to break out of it and and travel astrally. You guys have heard of astral oh, travel? astral projection. Or astral projection. Yeah. So this is something that people are able to do um, when they're in that in-between state, right between sleep yeah. and, and, and being awake, which is exactly the same spot where sleep paralysis happens. It happens right in that in-between state. But people have been able to train themselves to turn it into a positive experience. And this is where we get into stuff like remote viewing. Yeah. Um, because with this you astral familiar travel. With remote viewing? No, man. Yeah. So no. the so, look he just gave us. Like, uh, what yeah. are you talking about, Willis? Have you ever heard of, or have you ever watched the, the movie The Men Who Stare at Goats? Yeah. yeah that's, that's, that's remote viewing. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Yeah. This right. is yeah. a real program that the government ran, the CIA ran. Get out. I've got yeah. a little story in one of my books real quick about, yeah, yeah. about remote viewing that's really cool. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, sure, yeah, bring it on let's out. Let's do that, man. Okay, so this was um, this was an example of the military using it during the Cold War. Um, so, 
In September 1979, the National Security Council asked uh, one of the most consistently accurate Army remote viewers to, quote, see inside of a large building somewhere in northern Russia. A spy satellite photo had shown some suspicious heavy construction activity around the building. Blah, 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 blah. So they're trying to find out what the hell's going on with what they're seeing on the satellites. So they asked this remote viewer to see what's going on. So this is what he described. He described a cold location with large buildings and smokestacks near a large body of water. Um, this was roughly correct. So he was shown uh, the spy photo and asked what was inside the, build, uh, the building. So he sensed that the interior was a very large, noisy, active working area full of scaffolding, girders, um, construction. But it was too big, much larger than any submarine. See, they, had, they were suspecting that the Russians were building a submarine. But the building was too big to house any submarine that, they, that had ever been built to that time. So... But nonetheless, the remote viewer stuck to his story. So, because he had gained a reputation for accuracy in previous tests, they asked him to view the future to find out when this supposed submarine would be launched. So he scanned the future month by month, watching the future construction via remote viewing, and since that about four months later, the Russians lost a channel from the building to the water and launched the sub. Sure enough, about four months later, in January of 1980, spy satellite photos showed that the largest submarine ever observed was tra traveling through an artificial channel from the building to the body of water. This dude nailed it before the satellite even did. Wow, yep. that is insane. I mean, come on. This is something that the military took very seriously, and they well, used it as a tool. Mm -hmm. They tried. The problem with that is, how do you find those people, though? Right. And according to you know? according to the research I've done, being able to remote view is kind of like one of those things. Like, I'm kind of a naturally musical person. Some people are right. just born with a better natural ability. And, and I they, totally believe that. Yeah. And they say about 1% of people can do it wow. um, if, if they are shown the process of how to do it. That's and, insane. And what they do is they just, they, they will give a person like a case number case number 106578 and they'll just say we're trying to find a lost girl and that's all the information that they will give to the remote viewer and man the, uh, it, it, it's one of those things where they don't always get it right but when they do get it right and it's so specific and, and um, I, I believe that this is one of those things you know it's not like riding a bike it's not something that everybody can do yeah. so then when people attempt to do it and they fail people tend to just discount the entire phenomenon mm -hmm. and I think I, I think that's the wrong way to go about it I think that certain, uh, certain totally people are, are more naturally inclined to, to things like that to psychic abilities oh absolutely, oh, absolutely. like mediums and I, stuff I, like I, that with yeah. the spiritual world I think yeah. pets yeah. Animals, small children. Yes. Yep. They're, they're all attuned to something that, that we don't see on our everyday life. Like, I've got a dog upstairs that she will bark at absolutely nothing. But she sees something. Right. Mm -hmm. You know? No. You, you can't describe... I can't discredit that person. I think that little kids are really tuned into that. Oh, I do too. Absolutely. The imagination and also, you know, when my that little hindsight. Boy, when the my, hindsight. When yeah, my absolutely. little boy was little, he swore that he talked to his grandma. And she died when he was two. So you know what this is going to lead us into? What's this going to lead us into? Reincarnation. Perfect. And we'll get to that right after this. Four-parters, bitch. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
Welcome back to the old 77, a safe place in an unsafe world. Yes. And it's getting very... Holy cow. I'm, I'm starting to feel unsafe because <laughs> of all these stories, we're, all the stuff we're talking about. It's good thing the old 77 safe place then. Absolutely. <laughs> Sorry so have, for scaring you guys so much Dave, today. We, oh, man. we appreciate I, I you coming on here, man. Thank you. Yeah. We're, we're starting to get in now to the, the what I'm more knowledgeable with, not necessarily the UFOs and things. We were talking a little bit beforehand, and we were throwing some names out, and Matt was like, what what, what the heck are you guys talking about? What, what, what no is idea. That? What is that? With the high PBs and the... <laughs> the Bhagavad Gita. Yes. Yeah, like these crazy-ass names you guys are talking about. These old texts that, that oh, man, reference yeah. aliens and, and uh, spaceships and oh, actually yeah. have, like... Um, the Bhag- Is it the Bhagavad Gita that actually has, like, a uh, plan? Yes, like a- yes. There's, it's, a, it's a Hindu... Uh, yeah, yeah. It's, it, I, I, for lack of a better word, it's, it's basically a story about a giant battle that takes place mm-hmm. within the Hindu pantheon. And the gods come down from the heavens, and they're blowing shit up, and they're killing each other. And, like, I think it's Vishnu's brother is some super badass with a mace, and he ends up getting taken down by, like, a whole fleet or armada that shows up. I mean, one dude takes on all these people, and it's it's amazing. And they have, like, graphic designs of the ships or, or the chariots that they called them back then. Hmm. I mean, it's... It's amazing. I think these people saw something, but they couldn't process it. Yeah, it was their interpretation. So they had to to write it down like they saw it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, if you've never seen an alien in your life, you would automatically think that's God. Yeah. Right. He's flying around. He's got three arms. He's green. Yeah. Maybe Mm -hmm. he looks different. I think these are all different interpretations of the same phenomena. No, I totally agree. Different cultures yes. giving their own distinctive... And, and that's another thing. Different cultures having their own different preferences. Their own twist. And, yeah, yeah. 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 That's insane. But the fact that... And, and again, we were talking about it beforehand, like pyramids and things. Why do why, why does every ancient civilization have a pyramid of some sort? Mm. You have them in China. We have them in Illinois. We have them in Egypt. We have them in South America. Right. Central America. Africa and the designs mm-hmm. are so similar. Yeah, from one continent to the other. Yeah, very. How? It, it, it's not a coincidence that it's very consistent throughout no. the world. Yeah, but you know, I feel like a lot of this, and I'm going to tie it into what we're getting ready to talk about. Uh, if if we've done this in the past, and a civilization is wiped out, say like the Maya, I don't. Per- I personally believe that that those people will come back. And if they keep reincarnating, some of that that knowledge comes with them. Maybe, you know, that could be one way that that, that knowledge is passed on still. Through DNA. Through DNA. Hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. I mean, nothing on this planet is wasted. Why should people be? There was actually... That's a good point. Absolutely. You know, everything recycles. There was actually an article I saw fairly recently that actually essentially proved that, that memories are stored in DNA. Yeah, yeah, i seen that. That you inherit the memories of your ancestors. That's That's, insane, dude. Yeah. Yeah. That explains a lot, though. That explains why we're still fighting with each other. Exactly. That explains why every so often... That's why there's racism. ...repeats itself. Yeah. You know? We're in a repeat cycle right now. Yeah. And it's sad because we don't learn. Yeah. Yeah. It's all cycles, man. Oh, Absolutely. Want to talk about reincarnation? Absolutely. You guys are totally blowing my mind. 
Okay, so I'm going to tell you guys a story of a guy named James Leninger. This is probably the most famous reincarnation this is the Ameri- story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've heard this story. Yeah, this is a good one. So this kid, James Leninger, he was born in 1998 in Dallas, um, and at the age of two, he began to have these. Yeah, two years old. He began to have these recurring nightmares where he would shout, airplane crash, plane on fire, little man can't get out. And this would happen three or four times a week. Um, so his parents, you know, obviously were were trying to figure out what was going on in his dream. And um, so one day they were at a store display and his mom picked a metal propeller picked a metal propeller plane and told James there's even a bomb at the bottom. And James, two years old at the time, responded, that's not a bomb, Mommy. That's a drop tank. <laughs> so this kid knew. I mean, yeah. he knew. So um, about the time... Well, he shouldn't have known, but he knew. Right. So the family moved... Uh, well, they went to Dallas, and they visited the display of planes, uh, of World War II planes, and the Korean and the Vietnam Wars. So the kid shrieked as he saw an, an old F-105 Thunder Chief plane and was mesmerized by it and stayed in the museum for three hours. And he refused to leave uh, f- for, for hours. So his parents um, it, thought that he was just wrapped up maybe mm-hmm. in something that he saw on, well, on TV. Planes, right? Right. Yeah. But, but he still continued to have these recurring dreams. So his parents would, would continuously try to get, get more information out of him. And so... Again, he would he would wake up, uh, uh, plane on fire. Little man can't get out. So his mom asked, "Who is the little man?" And James responded quietly, "Me." So then his mom calls the dad in, and and the little kid repeats the action in the story. So his dad says, "Son, what happened to your plane?" And James responds, "It crashed on fire." And his dad asks, "Why did your airplane crash?" And the kid responds, "I got shot." Dad asks, who shot your plane? Kid responds, the Japanese. And he responded with an expression of disgust, that he was disgusted with the Japanese. So next day, when he was asked by her Aunt Jen how he knew it was the Japanese, James replied, the big red sun, which is a reference to the Japanese flag. Right, yeah. Rising sun. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. So their mother was the first one to consider the possibility that this might be a past life memory. Um, which was contrary to their Christian upbringing. Oh, it always is, man. Yeah. It's funny how one religion won't tolerate any other. It's interesting. So, on the next occasion, when when the kid began to talk about the plane crash, he stated that that the name of the little man's name was also James. So his dad asked, do you remember what kind of airplane the little man flew? James responds, a Corsair. Upon being asked where the boat took off from, James replied... A boat. Do you remember the name of your boat? And the kid responds, Natoma. Dad says, that sounds pretty Japanese. And the kid responds, no, it's it's American. Um, So... Let me get to the. This is crazy, man. Yeah, if I, I see where this story's going. If yeah. I remember right, like years later, they right? were they were able to they were able to confirm. So yeah. So Andrea sent an email to the author of a book on reincarnations. This is a book that I've read. That's no, a mom. Right. sorry, this is a different book. But so so the person advised the mom how to handle the nightmares. Um, so then she later called to say that the TV program 2020 wanted to feature children who remembered yeah. their past lives. And so they featured uh, they featured James on the show. So Man. he was able to name 
the name of the person he was. He was able to name the, his wow. co-pilot. Yeah. He was able to name the type of plane. He was able to to correctly say that it was shot down by a Japanese, uh, uh, by another Japanese plane. Kamikaze. Yeah, he was able to identify the model of the plane. Yeah. Wow, that's, that's yeah, crazy. Like, that's so th- that's so then, way too much detail. So then here's the kicker. So one day after raking leaves together, his dad told James how happy he was to have him as a son. And James replied, that's why I picked you. I knew you would be a good daddy. Hmm. So his dad didn't understand, and James continued... When I found you, Mommy, I knew you would be good to me. And Mom said, where did you find us? And he responds, Hawaii. I found you at the Big Pink Hotel. I found you on the beach. You were eating dinner at night. So the parents were dumbfounded. In 1977, Bruce and Andrew indeed went to Hawaii and stayed at the Royal Hawaii, a pink hotel on a Waikiki beach. (laughs) On that evening, they had a moonlight dinner at the beach. What the hell? Five weeks later, Andrea became pregnant with James. Oh, snap. What the fuck? Mic drop. Yeah, dude. My mind is fucking blown. All right, so after that. Sorry for the F-bombs, but whatever. No worries. I mean, safe place, right? Safe place, bitches. Anyway, so... (laughs) Asshole. (laughs) And the University of Virginia has been studying this stuff, and they have thousands of examples. But but back to that, like, how did that kid know all that? He shouldn't have known any of that. No. Absolutely not. There's no way. I'm curious to see if that kid later, if they do a follow-up, if he remembers any of that. So they have followed up with him, and this is is typical of children with past life memories. Mm. They typically will grow out of them, meaning that as they get older, they forget them. Sure. Um, but he still believes, mm-hmm. you know, that he had this past life. Oh, so, absolutely. Wow. That's insane. I bet you can find it on YouTube. Yeah, I'm sure you can. Yeah, absolutely. That episode of 2020. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I'm sure you can. I've watched some YouTube stuff about it. It's, it's literally, I think, the most famous case of reincarnation. Um, yeah, yeah, I've seen. Uh, there's another one I've seen. It was from Seattle. And, mm-hmm. and for the life of me, I can't think of the kid's name. Mm-hmm. But a Tibetan monk came to Seattle Mm -hmm. thinking that this kid was reincarnated his master reincarnated and come to find out there was three of them that they picked three kids and one of them was the kid from Seattle Mm -hmm. it was him and there was another one from like like somewhere in Tibet and then there was another kid somewhere else and each one of them was able to identify like the master's belongings mm-hmm. and his favorite bowl yeah. and like his favorite spiritual book. Like they brought these kids in and they would lay out three things and mm-hmm. only one of them was the right one. And they would accurately pick it every time. Do they use hypnotism for people like this so yes. they can actually have a more of a more clarity? So my the same grandpa I was talking about earlier that had the UFO sighting. Uh-huh. Um, reincarnation was, was another topic that he was into. So he he's he passed away in 2002. Um, my mom now is in possession of cassette tapes of him doing regressive hypnosis Seriously? and learning about his past lives. That's insane. And here's That's the crazy cool. thing. I've never listened to him. Really? Not for any particular reason. I think the, the main problem now is just finding a cassette tape player. Oh, no, man. We can get you one of those. But, but yeah, I would love to go and listen to them. Yeah. Digitize those puppies. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so hypnosis is a common tool with, with the past life regressions, with, uh, with mm. the abduction yeah. phenomenon. Well, the most famous I'm thinking of is Edgar Cayce with, oh, yeah. with regressive hypnosis. The Sleeping Prophet. Uh, the Sleeping Prophet, yeah, where Cayce would go into this 
trance, for mm-hmm. lack of a better word, and then just starts spilling out all this knowledge, you know, from the future. He mm. correct. That's insane. Yeah, he yeah. correctly predicted that there was a hidden chamber under one of the Sphinx's yeah. paws. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, right down to where it was and how to access it, because yeah. he even told them how to access it. Yeah. So yeah. much detail. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My um, mom was really into Edgar Casey. A lot of people swore Edgar Casey was a fake, but I, man, he got too much right, in my mm-hmm. opinion. Yeah, and that's how I feel about psychics. I, I think that people can be very psychic and still, from time to time, get it wrong. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. But yeah. I don't think that we should completely discount. No, 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 no. I, I agree with that. I mean, I think it's lost in translation. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. it really is. I think you have your frauds and then you have, you know, your the people that are actual, actually in tune yeah. with it. And it's the same thing with the UFO community. You have people that... Yes. Are legitimate researchers, right. and then you have your snake oil salesman, right? And that's the toughest part is just to discern between the two, right? Absolutely. And there's so much of that now, absolutely. Right. And and I hate it because it gives those of us that really have a genuine interest in this topic, you know, it it makes us makes us laughable to yeah. most people. And what's crazy is like back in the 70s and 80s and 90s, it was discounted. Yeah. Now it's accepted. But yeah, back more, then, like, there's you know, so many different I stories. I like, don't feel like it's m- as accepted now as you like to believe. I still feel people in the shadows are like, mm, that guy's crazy. But I feel like people are more open-minded about it. Yeah, I agree with both of you. You know? Yeah. You know. Yeah. Do you guys know the story of Betty and Barney Hill? I've, I, I know the name, I think. So Betty and Barney Hill was like the first famous abduction. Yes. It was back in the 50s, I believe. Yes. And they were driving down a road. They were driving yeah. down the road. And Have were- you guys ever heard the audio tape of their regressive Mm-mm. hypnosis? Mm-mm. Oh, my God. I'm getting chills. Yeah. Oh, my God. Just by talking They about regressed this. Barney Hill, That's and awesome. he had to re-experience that shit, and... He was just screaming in terror. It's horrifying to, to listen to it. Oh my god! Yeah, I but that was like to. the first big yeah. case. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I knew the name. I just couldn't. Yeah, I had that on the. I had that on our uh, yeah, prep I was stuff last say, week. Our prep last week had that, but we never talked about them. I say it was the first big case, but it was the first big American case. Yeah, because other cultures have known about this for. Didn't oh, she god. like discover bruises all over her body like weeks after? The abduction? I don't know. Uh, I, I'm not sure on that, but I, I, I do feel like I remember there was some yeah. physical, um, some bruises and stuff left. I'm not sure about the whether it was weeks after or not, but I, I might have remember time. I think I read yeah, that I, somewhere. I, I remember that. I remember hearing that too. Yeah. And that's she common. Restraint marks. Yeah. Right. yeah. People, people will come back with bruises. Here's a funny story. It's mind blowing. Here's yeah. a funny story about a guy that got abducted once. He. He got abducted and he was on this spaceship. And one of the things that they do when they're doing all of this physical examination stuff is they completely disrobe the people. Everybody says that this happened. They're buck naked. So then after they're done doing what they're going to do to you, they put their clothes back on you and then they drop you back off at home. So So nice of them. So one day. Thanks. Here's a cigarette. Yeah. So one (laughs) day, (laughs) one day, this guy. So he was wearing a shirt that somebody got him as a joke and it said, I got abducted by aliens and all I got was this t-shirt. So when the aliens actually abducted him, when they actually abducted him, that was the shirt he was wearing. So once the process was over and they went to put back clothes, put the clothes back on, and this apparently happens a lot, they put the wrong clothes on him. And he came back home. With the wrong shirt? He came back on in like a woman's blouse. 
And so, <laughs> and so the funny up. thing is, some poor lady somewhere <laughs> actually got abducted by aliens oh, and yeah. is now wearing his shirt, <laughs> saying, "All I got was this lousy well, T-shirt." Well, I mean, you got to oh think goodness. about it too. It's it's so crazy. <laughs> Think of it like, so I know everyone says that that stuff doesn't happen, but think of it like this. So think of it as someone is in Africa and there's a herd and they're running and we're in a mm-hmm. helicopter and we dart two of them and then we put a tracker on them and then they wake up and everything's fine. You know? The yeah. animal didn't know any right? better. Yeah. Just yeah. like that. Yeah. Just I, like that. I think that's. I think it's just like it's that. It's a good analogy. Us. Yeah, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's insane. <laughs> I might have said I might have said insane like thirty times. This, this that's good. Whole recording. Yeah, man, that's great. That's great. This is probably that's our great, longest man. show ever. Sweet. And that's going to do it for another episode of the Old Seventy Seven. A special shout out to our friend Dave, who was on the show today. We're going to try and get Dave back again next week. We have uh, just a little bit more to talk about. If you have a topic that you would like to address, or Maybe you want to get on the show, or maybe you'd just like to tell us how terrible we are. Give the old 77 listener line a call. It's area code 573-246-0779. That's 573-246-0779. Find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, and on anchor.fm. Format, I'm Scott. This is the old 77. We'll see you next week. This was the old 77. It's a safe place in an unsafe world.